You're listening to The Cannabis Hangout, two girls, one bowl, and a podcast that is breaking the stigma of marijuana. My name is Brandon. And my name is Saba. We will be connecting with a community of cannabis enthusiasts by educating people, sharing stories from medical marijuana patients, and interviewing industry leaders while debunking cannabis myths. So we invite you to come roll with us while while we we break break it all down. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode. I'm Saba. And I'm Brandon. On today's episode, we are super excited to be interviewing someone we are huge fans of. He's a musician out of California, and we discovered him through our dear friend, Kara. Shout out to her. His music radiates positivity, journey, life, love, and cannabis. We are super excited to pick his brain and hear his journey, both musically and also with cannabis. So guys, please welcome Matt Easton to the Cannabis Hangout. Hey, Matt. Hello. Wow, that was such a great introduction. <laughs> Thanks. I literally before wow. you called, I was like, Brandon, I think I really nailed his intro. So thank you. Yeah. Wow, I have to live up to that now. <laughs> We're so excited to have you. Thank you for just like taking time out of your day to call in and just chat with us about everything. Yes, I am honored. I'm thrilled. So okay, let's start from the beginning, Matt. Tell us where your cannabis journey first began. Like when was the first time you smoked? Like paint that picture. <laughs> wow, let's see. First time I smoked, definitely in high school. Okay. I was probably, uh, first time I smoked, I was, it probably wasn't until my senior year. So I was probably 18. I think I was, I think my first time, I think I was just with friends. Um, whether it was lacrosse players, I was playing lacrosse in high school. Oh, wow. And probably just. Actually, no, I take this back. It was my junior year was the first time. It was with upperclassmen on the lacrosse team. Because, wow. you know, like in high school, the upperclassmen, you mm-hmm. value them, you think they're cool, so whatever they kind of peer pressure you into, <laughs> you end up doing. So I think my first time was uh, junior year. Um, and then started to really kind of, I didn't get into it until my senior year. Um, and then it started becoming an everyday routine. Uh, senior year, just out of, I think, just from the pure joy and laughter yeah. that I was getting from it. You know, mm-hmm. I, I wasn't really traveling the depth or, or found a purpose with it yet. Um, it wasn't until then when I went into college, uh, freshman year, starting to make music in the dorms. Then it just started to become hand in hand a routine with creating and smoking and using cannabis. And it just, became an everyday routine since then that's amazing yeah it just became part of it so where just so we know where did you go to high school and then where did you go to college i went to libertyville high school in libertyville illinois and then i went to the university of kansas in lawrence kansas kansas that's kind of random what took you to kansas um you know i didn't really I guess a lot of things at that time when I'm 18, I really didn't know what I wanted to do. I had a lot of friends going to Kansas. They had older siblings going to Kansas. Their basketball team was outstanding. Um, they had just won the national championship like the year before. So it was things that, yeah, I knew I wanted to study. I just didn't know where or what. So I don't know. Kind of just this gravitational pull took me to Kansas. Kind of just following people in my life and yeah. that's one thing about kansas and midwest it's just great people so that was kind of just 
led me there. We can attest to that. Colin from Oklahoma. Great people here in Oklahoma. Similar. It's the same people. It's that Midwest. Good people. Good values. Good morals. Yes. Definitely. That's that's really cool. So Brandon and I both have our preferred go-to ways to smoke, which I would usually say is dab for us if I had to guess. Um, What's your go-to preferred way to consume? Oh, you're dead. You know, I'm not a big dabber. I, I think I've dabbed once when I was younger. I'm usually flipped. Um, I like the tobacco buzz, so mm-hmm. I and I like rolling. Just the habit of rolling, the activity. Uh, just over the years, kind of grown to love that part of it. Um, so I'm mainly flipped, but I go through cycles and I go through phases as the right. years go on, and also depends on what I'm working on. Um, different cycles of different albums i might want to smoke lighter or i might want to smoke heavier Mm -hmm. depending if i'm feeling very introverted Mm -hmm. i might smoke louder um might go through a backwood phase like if i'm if if i'm in the studio and i'm making i need to everything starts with the instrumental and since like i my originally i was a producer so when i'm making the instrumentals it's a very introverted process so I want to smoke as loud as possible. That's where the backwoods come into play. Um, and then technically, like usually when I start to get the flip, that's kind of a lighter smoke. And that's usually when I need to be extroverted if I'm performing or, you know, over the years I've just learned yeah. the, the cycle. So different, yeah. smoke different things. But I, I rarely dab. I feel like I just hadn't never got into it. I feel like it's it's very different for a lot of people. Yeah, um, and especially yeah. if you don't come into it like now, like I would have known nothing about it years ago and it probably no. wasn't good years ago. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like and, the quality. Yeah, and I think the Oklahoma market's just really kind of taken off with the like hash rosin. And so here it's like the quality is so high here that it's just mm-hmm. like that's all that we ever want to smoke is dubs because yeah. it just it's great. <laughs> it's a but snob thing. <laughs> to go to your backwoods comment, I actually am recently learning how to roll in backwoods, and it is just such a different experience smoking out of the backwoods. Mm-hmm. I can attest to that. Different experience. It's a different yeah. art form, you know. And that's for me. That's part of it. It's the art form of, of the roll. You know, it's right. part of the activity. Like what you're trying to tap yeah. into. What you're trying to tap into. Yeah, I feel. With dabbing, maybe I just haven't been introduced to it properly because would you say, because you always have to have the rig, right? Or unless you're using, you wouldn't consider the weed pens dabbing. No, that's just like concentrate. Yeah, I would probably say it's a better experience with a rig. You can use like a nectar collector, which is like this little straw, but I wouldn't, it's really messy and kind of gross Mm -hmm. for the best experience Mm -hmm. a rig, in my opinion, is best. for sure. Okay, and did you travel with the rig, you know, is it like, or is it more of You a- can. You can, because there's like Puffco's that you can travel with. I don't love smoking out of Puffco's because I like a rig. I like glass, but like, yeah, there's tools like Puffco's. There's stash Rio's that Convenient. I have a Rio that I really love, and it's a little like portable rig that comes we'll in a tiny box. bring to like the box. mountains, yeah, camping we'll, and yeah, stuff. It's perfect. Yeah, yeah, because maybe that's what, maybe because of, uh, being on the go, yeah. I, you know, I feel like rigs are very at home. Yes, set it up correct. Like you have to yeah. the full proper setup. Yeah, it's definitely a whole like ritual that I go through yes. from like putting mm-hmm. my banger into ISO and then yeah. cleaning it and then torching it. You know, it's just like a whole thing. It's like at least like a five to seven minute process. But speaking of routine, well, yeah, yeah, that's the routine. That's the, that's the therapeutic aspect of it. You know, it's part of the routine. 
probably why we all smoke. It's just a nice routine. It's healthy. Yeah. Yes. So do you have like a routine, Matt, or like a ritual you enjoy when it comes to smoking or rolling up beforehand? Like I know you said like when you create and stuff, but is there anything that you just like vibe with that you like doing like before and after you smoke? Yeah, I lay out a carpet and I say a prayer. And, uh, I, um, <laughs> hey, that's okay. Um, that's dope. <laughs> Hell yeah. Uh, ritual, I mean, I mean, I guess the routine is just, I like the process of breaking everything down. Yeah, feeling mixing, it. Breaking down the buds, mixing the tobacco in. I like a good, healthy 50-50 ratio. Okay. I like strong tobacco. Um, and, yeah, just like, you know, I try to keep it a nice rolling tray, have a little clean environment, maybe some music playing. Usually, when I go to roll, it's before... Uh, entering a activity or like a, a project or a song. If I'm about to work on a song, okay. you know, I start with rolling. So the rolling is kind of like my intro to an activity. Okay. Or if I'm rolling on the go, like the intro to the car ride or maybe before surfing or it's kind of like, you know, my pre- it's whatever the whole vibe. I like how is. you say the intro to. Yeah, the Like intro. it gives me a really good description or like uh-huh. a visual of the intro to my life. Before you're doing everything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, intro to, or, you know, if I'm if I'm writing for hours, I always look at it as a pick-me-up. If I'm doing, like, if I've been working on a song for, like, six hours throughout some time, um, my creative process, or, like, it'll, it'll become stale and nothing's coming out, no words, no melodies, so then I kind of use it as maybe a little, a little pick-me-up, mm-hmm. or yeah. a little, you know, once I can kind of stop what I'm doing, I can roll and then go back into maybe something new comes or yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I dig it. Yeah, that's awesome. So let's oh, talk. Oh, your guys' routine. Oh, that's, wow. Nobody, <laughs> it's rare that people ever flip the question on yeah. us. Um, well, yeah, conversation. <laughs> you're right. Um, I love to take dabs in the morning. So when I wake up, whether it's 3 a.m., whether it's 5 a.m., yeah. I'll usually take a dab before I'm like, mm, let's take a dab. Um, that's usually how I like to start my days. And then I'll just kind of, there's, our friends actually just recently released this tincture here in Oklahoma and it's called Highest Intent. So it's so great. Um, at night, the nighttime version is six form of herbs, including cannabis. The daytime is five. And it's like all these super clean herbs and cannabis and mushroom blends. And that's what I've been, Mm. I've really enjoyed that during the day. Um, My anxiety has been really high as of recent. So that's been a new routine that I've implemented over the last, I would say about like couple weeks. Mm -hmm. And it's been amazing. The the amount of clarity I get just from the herbs, like minus the cannabis, just the herbs is unlike anything I've really ever experienced when it comes to like. What do you mean minus the cannabis, but the herb? Isn't the herb Well, okay, it is. So let me preface that by saying I got to try the tinctures without cannabis and just the herbal blends. And this was like way before they even like had put the cannabis in it. So just seeing what the herbs did for me and then to like throw the cannabis in it, the cannabis was just like a sprinkle on top. It wasn't like the main feature of what the product does. Cannabis is an herb, but I feel like the other herbs like really do the work and then cannabis just kind of wraps everything in a bow, if that makes sense. Mm, yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. like there's like there's lavender in the night. There's right? chamomile mm-hmm. in the night one. There's lavender in the night one. I can't remember what else there is, but I, know, I think like in the daytime, lion's mane lion's is one of the mane. mushrooms. Mm-hmm. And like, so they, they have okay, a nice so blend of you it. Would, say, would you say your smoking is to prevent anxiety? It's 
anti-anxiety. Yeah, I would, for me, I would say that as of recent, it's been a little bit of depression because I've kind of experienced a lot of life trauma as of recent. Um, And then I've had lower back pains for like Mm -hmm. about as long as I can remember. And so it's a little bit to deal with pain too, just like throughout the day. So I also love to combine CBD with my cannabis because I find that to be just so Mm -hmm. therapeutic. Setting up a new company can be difficult and confusing, but establishing a strong foundation with appropriate and necessary documents can help protect you in the long run. Yes, and with being business owners ourselves, Sob, we understand what it's like pretty well, I think. With BIC Legal, they practice in areas like family law, estate planning, business litigation, and review and draft contracts for your company while assisting in licensing applications, and so much more. And with the Oklahoma cannabis industry thriving, the rules and regulations related to cannabis are quite strict. Jade Pebworth with BIC Legal, she really enjoys working with companies from the ground up. So if you're looking for good legal help in Oklahoma, she's your girl. Let's get back to today's episode. So you probably switch off between Indica and Tiva, or do you have you guys have a preference? So I more so go off of terpenes and smells. So indica sativa kind of, but like yeah, the I love, of yeah, the, yeah. And then like, I love GMO. So like super gassy, super stinky. So anything that I can find that's a blend of super that, stinky. <laughs> I'll usually go super with. <laughs> uh, yes. The pungentness. Oh, yeah. That's, we love that. We sure. live for it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, but for me, I'm not. I'm not a roller. Like Sob normally rolls the J's or rolls the backwoods or whatever. And then I like my dabs. I like to take them in the morning because, like, a cup of coffee, like with it, it's like just like a a pep in my step. Like, gets me productive. I love to take them before like working out. Just Mm -hmm. using cannabis in general before I move my body. Like, I love to get like really high and stretch and flow. Like that is my jam. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. very present. Yes, I love to be present and like love to be able to like feel my body and what it's doing Mm -hmm. and like making it feel better and like body aches and pains and just all that. Yeah. 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 Thanks for asking. Nobody ever asks. I feel like I just told you my life story, kind of. (laughs) So, Matt, let's tap into your family. You're pretty open in your music about consuming cannabis and tools to enhance your mind. Does your family know you consume? Are you guys pretty open about it? What's that dynamic like? (laughs) Yeah, um, I think over the years (laughs) they've got to understand my habits. You know, there was a time I can think of clearly back in high school, Mm -hmm. maybe senior year where they might have found a bag of weed in my underwear drawer or something. And, you know, maybe I was grounded. They were extremely upset. That was a different day and age, though. Right. It wasn't legal in places. And so then compared to now, I think we've just gone, we've grown together as a family. And we've, you know, we've gone on a nice journey to now they understand it. Um, you know, my mother does not like it. So, but she doesn't say anything because yeah, I'm an, an adult now, so I make my own decisions. I She's know. not the biggest fan. <laughs> yep. um, my, it's funny, though. My dad now is smoking at this stage in his life. He's kind of got back into it. So um, I still, you know, I've smoked with him a couple of times, not all the time. It's still that's like... That's cool, uh, though, that you're able to. You yeah. kind of bond. I mean, that's that definitely way. way ahead of, I feel like, a lot yeah, of the people that we interview who sure. have not done that or broken that stigma with their mm-hmm. parents. Like, their parents may know, 
but it's definitely still a no-no to do that together. Yeah, right. Well, and it's still, it's like um, how in-depth, you know, like it's just something that I've never done. I mean, now we're like a couple years in of doing this together, but at first it was just kind of, you know, we've never completely let down our guards like this, at least with my dad, it was always a father-son relationship. Mm -hmm. And so when you do that, you know, you really, you can be vulnerable. It's like both of you being vulnerable because you don't know how high they are. Yeah. How high you are. Mm -hmm. So it's it's an interesting experience when it's someone like your parents who has, you know, pretty much disciplined you your entire life. And you're just observing them now. (laughs) Yeah. Like they were the figure of authority for so long. And then now you're on the same page of getting high together. Still kind of weird. Um, but yeah, that, um, they understand it now. And my sister, that was part of our relationship and our friendship as a brother, sister over the years we'd smoke together. Um, so yeah, it's it's definitely a, a way that we bond here and there. That's cool. You know, when time's appropriate. Yeah, that's cool. I feel like it's, that's such a moving for a step in like the forward direction and breaking the stigma is that, I mean, that's really what we're here doing, but it's cool to hear that other people are doing it within their families and growing as a family. Yeah. I liked it because it was, especially when you have like a family relationship, it's just, it's different than a friendship, you know, it's closer, but then also can be farther apart at the same time. It's just an interesting dynamic compared Mm -hmm. to friendship. So like, that being able to add in that friendship to my sister and I's relationship. And I'm talking years ago, you know, she's someone I'm extremely close to and talk to almost every day. Mm-hmm. But at that time when we're younger, that was a good initial bonding where we're kind of breaking that barrier of just because growing up, there was always that step like brother, sister separation, different ages. Um, you don't really appreciate it until you kind of you, everyone leaves the house maybe you're in college or after college and then that's for at least for me and her i guess i'm being pretty open about my family relationship right now but yeah we started to that's when we kind of get closer um especially if you go through any trauma together or, right. so that was kind of through i wouldn't say necessarily it was just cannabis that brought us closer but it was a nice activity that we could do together and yeah, maybe cannabis brought us closer. I mean, yeah. it helps people bond. That's the thing is like it's kind of sometimes I find myself saying that it's crazy that like I've connected with people through cannabis because it's like why can't I just connect with people normally? And I think you kind of said it best when you were describing, you know, smoking with a parent, an authority figure, and you guys are like on the same level and you're kind of gauging where the other person is and vice versa. And, you know, just kind of like yeah. being comfortable with knowing you're both in the same headspace, even though you don't know where the other yeah. person is. I think it right. just helps. Breaking any barriers. Yeah. Any sort of barriers or separation yeah. between each other. Right. And just night. like shifting perspectives to yeah. being able to do that and allowing it to like naturally happen, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, Matt, in your own words, will you tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do? Uh, who am I? Great question. Um, no, I'm pretty aware of who I am, at least at this point in my life. I know myself pretty well. Um, to answer who I am, at least when it comes to music, 
if we're talking, I mean, music is now such a part of my identity. Now I'm this many years in, I mean, it's, it's something I do think about work on every single day. So I feel like it is part of my identity. Um, so, I mean, yeah, I, I guess with music, you know, I kind of look at myself as a vessel and I really like analyzing the world around me, the relationships around me, the people around me and kind of putting it to song. Um, I always have felt since I was a child, young child that I was given a bunch of positivity and enough strength and emotional strength that I always felt it was a purpose to kind of uh, be the sun, if you will, to yeah. everyone around me or yeah. to entertain or to give joy. I just felt like I was given an overwhelming amount of joy just chemically whether that I was mm-hmm. born with that I always felt it was my purpose to kind of spread it. So yeah. to who I am, and I feel like everyone around me, all my close friends would know that it kind of is my daily goal to make the people around me feel good. So I know that's kind of who I am is I just like to spread my joy and stay very optimistic with everything. Yeah, that's beautiful. Um, that was beautiful. That was so well said. Brandon and I are sitting here oh, cheesing just so you <laughs> were sitting here smiling in the microphone like, oh my gosh, that's so that's It's oh really cool God. to hear. Like, I feel like as adults, when people ask who you are and what mm-hmm. you do, like you don't automatically just start with praises. And right. I love hearing you praise yourself and like I mean, you've, talk about the beautiful things that right. you recognize in but yourself. But you've also obviously done... <laughs> Did I come off like I was praising myself? <laughs> I mean, kind, but not in a bad way. I mean, you just recognize who you are as a human. And yeah, I'm- you've you've obviously done self work, like inner work, mm-hmm. to be able to reflect in the way oh, that you have. Self inner work. Yeah, I've been analyzing myself now for like at least since that was kind of with music. That's what music allowed me to do because from the very start, I learned as I went on this journey, I needed to figure out who my identity was what my purpose was, my values, my morals, mm-hmm. uh, also where I came, come from and what I should be allowed to be, you know, or just yeah. being the, the more authentic and true to myself and who I am would create the more authentic, better music in my mind. Right. So it's been years of just like, yeah, just self-searching and analyzing what I come from, who I was born from, where they came from, my yeah. environment I grew up in. So I'm very, I'm very aware of cool. the environment I come from and what I'm trying to do mm-hmm. with the things that I've been blessed with or given. Yeah. Perhaps not that I've been given so much, but just right. you know, with what I have. You're mindful so, and intentional. Yeah, I know. Like. I, at, least, at least that gives me a purpose. You yeah, know? yeah. Like you know, I feel like that having a purpose to survival that's yes absolutely very well said okay so how long have you been writing and creating music and then what like inspired you to feel like i'm gonna be an artist with this musical journey i'm gonna create music i want to do albums like what inspired you i know you said like the joy part like when you were a kid like i know that inspired you too but like what was like that turning point it was, I mean, it was, it was such a little bit over time, my whole life, starting as a child, as a young infant with, uh, my dad would play piano. He just played by ear. He played blues piano oh, growing cool. up. As a, a, so I'm like two, three, four years old dancing to Aww. him playing blues piano. And, and them, cause I grew up in Southern California and then moved to Chicago or Libertyville when I was like eight. So those 
adolescent years was a combination of him playing piano and then him always playing jazz music and Michael Jackson out in outside in our backyard and speakers. So I just grew up always dancing and always having music in me. Um, and then as the years go on, you know, I, I picked up the saxophone when I was in third grade. I was in school band for like two years. Okay. But then I didn't get along with the teacher. Cause that was always an issue with me as authority. I never mm-hmm. did well with authority. So like <laughs> that pushed me out of school band. And then years go by now, freshman year in high school, I'm making rap songs for fun just because I was having fun with some of my friends. And I like, I always liked the feeling of creating music just as a hobby because it brought me joy. And then next thing I know in high school, I'm making these rap albums with, with a friend of mine, two friends of mine, and we're selling CDs throughout the hallways. <laughs> That's <laughs> amazing. Just for fun. And they're ridiculous songs. But it was just like exercising that creativity that I always had yeah. in the classroom. I'm always drumming on desks. Like, I can't sit still my entire <laughs> childhood so like it just kind of led to then going to college doing the same thing freshman year starting to make beats starting to get into producing and then I'm making rap songs with friends again as a joke we're passing out cds in the hallway in the dorm and then sophomore year I was like okay well now I've been doing this for a while I'm gonna just make my own song and so I made one song called live life that I kind of released on facebook and stuff and and just my network of friends yeah. loved it, spread it around. It got a lot of attraction. It got put on some music blogs. And then it just kind of sent me down the path of, of like diving deeper into not just making songs, but now making projects, cohesive projects, yeah. albums, mm-hmm. the meaning behind the album. And then it just sent me down this journey of working on one album after another and just loving everything about the process from creating from thinking about um, simple things like the colors or the imagery that go mm. behind the album, what's the overall mm. message, to then, to then singing it. And then I feel like a lot of the joy comes from just listening to my rough draft. It just make, makes me feel good. Like I, mm-hmm. It's like I'm making music that I want to listen to. And, and then performing it is my way of, like, seeing the purpose of spreading that joy to the people that attend and then also like making these albums is it gives me that purpose of spreading perhaps like an art piece that might affect someone or touch someone or might stay with them might help them through something like that it it just took me down a path that I didn't know I was going to get into those depths when I was first making I just like making music because I like the feeling of being creative right and then it turned into I like the essentially touching others, having them, putting all this into an album to maybe touch someone and have them go throughout their days with it and maybe help them. So like it just turned into a a journey that I had no idea was awaiting me. That's kind of, that's so cool where life has taken you. Like I love to hear that's, this is like probably one of my favorite things about our podcast is to kind of start the conversation from, you know, the little questions we do, but then like to hear where people like what inspires people to take them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. To take them on the journeys and the life paths that there are now. So that's, I love that. That's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Just the feeling of creating Mm -hmm. to Mm -hmm. me just feels good. 
So I tend to just kind of follow and do things that make me feel good in life. That's been like a theme of mine. That's important. Yeah, you're nourishing yeah. what you need to. Yeah. So speaking of yeah, creating. Yeah, make you feel good. Yeah. So speaking of creating, Brandon and I talk about this often, but your music has helped serve us through so many seasons of our lives, especially as of recent. Your music, honestly and genuinely, has really helped me heal. So I'd love to That's hear amazing. where you find your inspiration for your lyrics. Where do you find the words to create such beautiful and meaningful songs? Um, yeah, I mean, it comes from, it's all experiences that I go through and trying to interpret what um, the world around, sorry, hold on, I'm in a car and this Amazon truck is backing up into me. Give me one second. You're good. <laughs> <laughs> the sound that their trucks make is very annoying. Is this crazy? We can't hear it, just mm-hmm. so you know. Okay, okay. Right, we don't want you to get hit though so watch out <laughs> all right, all right. so um yeah but lyrics i mean it's all it's experiences that i go through or the people around me go through i've always like thinking that i am a vessel i try to watch the people around me listen to their stories and their emotions and i might pour it into a song or it's my own but um yeah, I guess I try to get as creative as possible with the wordplay. With um, it depends. Each song is a different experience in my life, and each album is an overall time period of my life. So it's almost like each song's kind of a chapter of a certain time period. Yeah. So I mean, it's a lot of analyzing. It's a lot of um, and it depends with song. I write a lot of songs with my best friend Tim Sullivan who's a great lyricist who I can bounce ideas off of. Um, and in the past I've written with close friends of mine or roommates of mine. They've, they've always been close people around me. And I think that the best I can do is tell the story of the people around me mm-hmm. and kind of put it into a song. Um, I, if there's any specific maybe I could elaborate on. I guess that was kind of a vague response. No, that was honestly, that was really great. And I feel like you saying that you use the experiences of the people around you as an outsider. I feel like you can, as an outsider, I can really tell that 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 you say that and that shines through because I can relate to some of your songs and I've never met you prior to this conversation. And But like even certain songs I've heard through different stages and mm-hmm. they mean such different, in different ways when you in, listen to them yeah. like another time in your life that you've never heard it before. Well, you've heard it, but like it speaks to you differently. So and much. Hits and you're yeah. like, oh yeah. 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 You know, like, Hell yeah. Well, that's the goal. That's exactly the time and effort that I'll put into that or whoever I'm writing with that we'll put into like, that is the goal for the, for them to change meaning depending on what you're going through in life. But they have, they're all based off of specific uh, phases or experiences because I just feel like that makes the most authentic music. Yeah. It's tough for me to go into songs. Um, I, I don't know if other artists do it, but just kind of like, let's make this vague song about like heartbreak or something, just a vague because people mm-hmm. go through it. Right. That just to me, that music has always been so personal and I've never been able to write just kind of a vague song so that's i'm trying to get to that point where the lyrics are a little more vague but the experiences are still very specific but it's always been so music has been so personal 
And it's been my coping mechanism with everything, mm-hmm. with all my traumas, with all anything that I've been through or anything that people around me been through. It's, it's my, that is my therapy. That's my um, therapist is, you know, mm-hmm. it's the music yeah, yeah. that I make. So like that is my coping mechanism for everything. So I kind of just pour it into these songs and I know the depth is there. So it means a lot to hear if, you know, if it touches anyone, yeah. because I know, I feel like we all go through similar experiences. So mm-hmm. if I can just um, write about a, a specific experience, I know, you know, it's just, it's the human experience. We yes. all go through similar mm-hmm. things. We're yes. all, yeah. I mean, you can you feel know, the, yeah, you can definitely feel the energy and the authenticity, music, which is fucking cool because yeah. when you can feel someone's energy and it's mm-hmm. good energy, yeah. it's, you're just, it, you know, it just hits different. It literally hits so different yeah. coming through the speakers. Like Brandon and I have been in the mountains, like <laughs> yeah. jamming hard to your music with like the windows down and just like going ah. 80 on the highway, but yeah. it's just such, uh, like <laughs> such a vibe on a whole different level. Just like stone, just like vibe. So happy. Literally like, the yeah. happiest. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. That's amazing to hear that because I like, you know, I'll make these songs and I put so much goddamn effort into the <laughs> thought, so much thought, yeah. and then they get released. And then, you know, just like the way the internet works, it's like sometimes I don't really hear a lot of specific feedback. So it's like, okay, well, here it is. I hope it's touching someone, but I really don't know. I'll just work on the next one. So that means a lot just to hear yeah. that you're listening to it because that's how I listen to these these drafts and some of these songs is driving with the windows down and like mm-hmm. that vibing um, that feeling yeah that high that natural high of, that's the goal and that's amazing that yeah you're yeah. doing that yeah hell yeah it is <laughs> i mean we've put a lot of people onto you recently yeah that we have, have. Been, i mean specifically that have been kind of going through stuff because it's just happy music that like music i feel like it is different than it was back when we were growing up in the 90s and 80s where i feel like it was a little bit happier and not so like with rap music, it's a little bit, like, aggressive, which, again, that's its own, you know, expressive form, and I love rap music. But then even with, sure. like, I feel like country music and other music, it's just kind of, like, always pretty sappy and sad, which is fine. There's a time and place, but nobody just is talking about genuine mm-hmm. happiness. Mm-hmm. Like, you're yeah, saying happy right? thoughts. Like, it's literally yeah. about happy thoughts and just, like, yeah, vibing yeah. to that. It's just, like, oh, okay, cool. Like, in it's, it's nice to have a change of pace and happy music because mm-hmm. – when people are going through things and music is their therapist or does heal them to hear the words actually soothe you and mm-hmm. heal you is, is amazing. Yeah. And, and I remember hearing someone said, you know, listen to the music, listen, listen to the music of the mood that you want to be put in instead of like catering to your sadness and, li- and listening to sad music. Like when I'm sad, you know, if I listen to Radiohead, that puts that dives me deeper down. Yeah, that yeah. But sometimes <laughs> it helps to listen to music that portrays the mood that you want to be in. So just listen to happy music and mm-hmm. it'll, it'll make you happy. Right. Yeah, yeah, no, I feel that. That's but real. sometimes I'd be going through the motion and I want to listen to some sad shit that's going <laughs> to make me like vibe and like get out of yeah. it. <laughs> oh, for sure. Yeah. For sure. And then like my most recent album, Strawberry Suicide, there's there's a happy front half to it, but the, the second half gets a little, not like sad, but it's just a little more introspective. And so like overall that album was, I feel like it has an overall feel. It wasn't as happy necessarily, but, and that was because I needed to maybe, that was 
more I needed to get some sadness out and the struggles mm-hmm. that I was going through. So, but in the next one I'm working on now is happy dance songs like that. You know, I just want to make music that makes people feel good. It's time to make people dance. The people are ready. We're letting you know we're the people and we're fucking ready. Well, I'll dance to your music already, but like you saying you're going to make the people (laughs) dance. I'm like, ooh, what you going to do? No, this this next project is for the people to dance to because I want to dance and perform it. Maybe maybe I'm being selfish. Maybe I just want to dance. No, that's cool. It's time, yeah. Okay, so back to the strawberry suicide have a question i feel like you paint a picture with your lyrics and like your videos like it's just a whole vibe and like a lot of the time there's like what is he doing there like it's really fucking creative you know but like you know i want to know the inspiration behind it so like with this album what was your inspiration like behind it and like the name like why strawberry suicide strawberry suicide is about numbing my pain with pleasure and it was a time period in my life, when I first started to realize and analyze what I was doing, um, but I didn't notice it at the time, it was when I moved to Los Angeles from Chicago with a bunch of my close friends. We lived in a music house, standard. I feel like a lot of musicians, they pack these houses right. with musicians and turn it into this whole music house. So it was a time period, about three years living in this house, when I just needed I always needed people around me and I, did, I didn't realize this till after I moved out and, and I an, was analyzing it and making this album. But during it, I always, I need always needed a bunch of people around me. I needed the constant laughter. Mm-hmm. I needed to be high all the time. I needed, I was just constantly numbing myself with all these pleasures, whether it was parties, whether it was, um, you know, I always needed to, have an event or something or like Mm -hmm. let's get people together and let's do this i always needed that pleasure event and it wasn't until after that i kind of realized that i was just numbing all this pain that i hadn't really addressed or thought about um until i mean maybe it took me to get to a certain age to analyze it but i was very i couldn't be alone i had a lot Mm -hmm. of tough time being alone And I wasn't, maybe I wasn't secure enough with myself. I'm not sure. But that was, that time period was numbing my pain with all these pleasures. So the, and then the art inspiration came from the forbidden fruit, the Garden of Eden. Mm -hmm. And so I I was taking that forbidden bite. I kind of wanted to play around with that, of taking that forbidden bite of the pleasures and then all the sin Mm -hmm. coming out. So that was kind of, where I went with the strawberries and then it just took like that was thought of there was like there was probably two or three this was a four year album wow. and probably two two years knowing the art direction so it was wow. just living in the colors living and thinking of things like topography or thinking of uh, it was either medieval art or whatever they started making a lot of art about the garden of Eden. I was reading into Renaissance art, trying to get ideas. Yeah. Um, but just like living in that art space helped really bring it to life. And it's funny, like I could spend two years living in this art space, knowing the colors, knowing the feelings, what it means, what it means in my that time period of life to then just make an album cover. And it's just like a simple cover that mm-hmm. most people won't really notice it's more of a subconscious thing if they perhaps Mm -hmm. 
dive into the album. Yeah. But it was all that thought to just be there. If if someone wants it, it's there. If they don't, it's just an image that they'll pass over, and it's not there. Yeah. So, or they they won't you know it won't affect them the same way. Yeah, so I, I was kind of living saying. in this world for like yeah four years total. That's crazy! Wow, that's that so. How long did mm. how long did your foreign energy project take to create? Foreign energy was probably probably for to create. It was I think it was three years to create, maybe like from the first song written to the last, and then there was an extra year of trying to figure out how to release it type stuff, back end stuff. I signed. That album was finished, and then I ended up signing with this production company mm-hmm. who they went in, because I originally produced the whole thing, mm-hmm. but when I signed with them, they went in and redid all the songs, so that was another year where they remade, they enhanced the sound quality, stuff like that, changed instruments, so then that turned it into a four-year journey as well okay wow, that's cool it's cool to hear how just how long each project takes people and you seem like you have a lot of thought process behind it even with the creative direction yeah. so it's really cool to hear it is cool and yeah and they overlap a little so like you know for foreign energy to take four years during that last maybe the last second two there were already some songs that were being written for strawberry suicide so sometimes they, so it's not like that was a total of eight years you know, yeah. different projects. Like sometimes they overlap. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I'll create based off an emotion I'm having, but mm-hmm. I know it's not for the current project, and it's, I start to get an idea of what the next one is. That's yeah. cool. That is cool. You're very in tune with yourself to be able to do that. So yeah. that's awesome. Um, okay, yeah. so I know that every album serves a purpose, like you were saying, and really means something to you. But do you currently like have an album that you've created that is your favorite? I know favorite is a very strong like word. Your children, but do you have one? Yeah, that's that's mine. One of mine that I created. Yeah, mm-hmm. one of yours that you've created that you're just like that's been a favorite. Yeah, um, I mean, Strawberry Suicide. I feel like whatever the most recent one okay. is. Probably my fave. Strawberry Suicide, to me, was just a great experience in terms of writing the songs, of what it was, of being able to analyze what I was going through, um, and being able to turn it into art. I think it was the best overall experience with the, a different headspace I was in, not only thinking about the songs, but thinking about the overall body of work, what it felt like, yeah. the colors the art direction so that to me was probably my favorite experience and just about that time period it was such a fascinating time period that I'll never forget of just ridiculousness at this house it was chaos for three years so I think think this overall uh, it poured into a nice body of art probably my favorite but but the next one I'm having the most fun writing Okay, I'm excited to hear it. We're ready. It could turn into my favorite, yeah. Oh, shit. Love to hear that. So for anyone listening, musicians or aspiring musicians, do you have any words of wisdom or advice you'd like to pass along that you wish somebody maybe would have told you? Yeah. um, I've learned so much, and there's still so much to learn, you know? Right. Mm -hmm. Um, But probably dive just dive into your craft 
that was, I think that took me a while to figure out because just if, if I spent less time worrying about what other people were doing and more time just worrying about, and I don't spend a lot of time worrying about what others are doing, but that was when I was young. Mm-hmm. I think just it helps to just dive and focus on perfecting your craft, taking the time to figure out what your skills are, mm-hmm. but also probably learning about yourself helps because I think creating the most authentic piece of art based on who you are just has the best chance of longevity. You know, instead of trying to worry about making a catchy song right now in the moment, I think if you're trying to make a career out of it, in terms of longevity, it just helps. It's just a combination of learning about yourself, self-analyzation, and making the most authentic body of work possible. And just focusing on your your art yeah. instead of others. Yeah, staying in your and lane. just patience. Mm-hmm. Patience is, is the name of the game. Oh, that's good. That is pa- yeah, patience is a virtue. So yeah, it is such a virtue, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> so we ask, and everything happens for a reason. Yes, yes. You know, I can I can name a bunch of things. <laughs> yeah, everything happens for a reason. You're right about that. So we ask everyone this question, Matt. But with cannabis, what's a stigma that you would like to see changed? Um, a stigma to be changed about cannabis. Yeah, like something that like makes you roll your eyes or you're like, that's no, we've got to go another direction or, you know, something like that. Um, I mean, back in the, you know, years ago, there was the term stoner, which I I never enjoyed, you know, that has such a negative connotation Mm -hmm, attached mm -hmm. to it. But I don't know if, I don't know, maybe just because I've been living in California now where it's so legalized, I never think about yes. stigmas. I, I feel guess like that's I'm, true. That is true. I'm away from it. But that would be maybe just the term stoner. Sounds like such a low life term. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't, it, it doesn't have to be that way. It could be, you know, someone who thinks outside the box. Right. Yeah. Someone yeah. The terminology. We create the word stoner. That's what we need to do is recreate the definition of it. Recreate, yeah. Stoner should be like, oh, you're creative. Yeah. 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 All right. right. Well, the, there you go. On this podcast, we've just recreated the word stoner. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Well, Matt, I think this wraps up our episode with you today. Is there anything else you would like to add before we hop off here? Um, dun, no, dun, dun. I, <laughs> no pressure. No. Nothing about, I've talked plenty about myself so i'm done talking about you did so great you did week. great you can follow your yeah. social media handle is what matt oh yeah uh probably instagram it's at east what and then spotify is the big one that's where all the music's at so if you just type in matt easton on spotify you won't regret you it can listen to my albums yeah, yeah you, you won't can regret vibe it. you can yeah. vibe all day all night <laughs> Catch the vibe. Catch the vibe. vibe. Absolutely. Well, guys, thank you so much for tuning in today's episode. Thank you, Matt. And as always, Bran, stay medicated. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com.
Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Season one of Dope History is now available at dopehistory.com. Dope History weaves you through the lives of those who have been touched by cannabis or have had an influence on the events that shaped our laws or relationships with this plant. You'll hear tales from Frenchie Cannoli, Keith Strop, Eddie Lepp, Tom Alexander, Ed Rosenthal, Wolf Seagull, Jorge Cervantes, and Tommy Chong. Available now at dopehistory.com.